such a pleasure to be here today. Amen. Okay. So, um, Walker Ministries, just to tell you, I come, I've come here, and Walker Ministries, the greatest thing that I've gotten from Walker Ministries is healing um, on many different levels. So, what Holy Spirit showed me was healing. So, um, what we'll be talking about for 15 minutes is a cure package to deliver. So, what is a cure? Okay, a cure is a drug, a medical treatment, a restoration of health, something that corrects or relieves harmful, disturbing situations. It's a cause to be free. It removes or remedies something harmful and disturbing. It preserves, and it prepares, and it finishes. The number one killer in America is heart disease. The number two is cancer. Number three is stroke. Of the top three, I had the third twice. So I stand here qualified to tell you about I like healing. That. I, like that. I, like that. I had two strokes, and I'm standing here talking to you today. So a major block to healing is not properly discerning the Lord's body. So many, peop many people of God are weak, um, and it's, it's rampant about depression. We have depression. We have anxiety. We have all these different illnesses that tend to not have a cure. But my word tells me that he died just for that. He died for that. So today, um, we're going to purpose is what I learned because the Lord opened this up to me, even not taking, taking my healing for granted, is to cause you to see, as I did, what when it comes to healing and deliverance, as a part of the atonement, the body of Christ, we have compartmentalized our salvation and its benefits when taking the sacrament thus eliminating the provision that God has set in our lives from salvation, lives apart from salvation and eternal life. Our learning outcomes would be to, to recall the two realities of communion, briefly see the eight ways that you can take the sacraments unworthy, and the three different attitudes of healing today. So we'll be coming from 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 30. Minister, would you mind reading that for me? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 11 at verse 27, reading in the Amplified Bible. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he has done, so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating and recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment upon himself. That careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak 
and sickly, and quite enough of you have fallen into the sleep of death. So, first thing, unworthy. So, 27, whoever drink, eats the bread or drinks the cup in the Lord unworthy. So, to be unworthy, the position of my heart, I'm self-centered. I have an irreverent attitude. I'm a part of divisions. Mm. Yeah. When I eat and drink in this unworthy manner, I participate at the Lord's table with careless and a disrespectful spirit. Mm. I'm walking in self-deception and disobedience. I have no desire to give up any known sins. Ultimately, this is an abuse of God's gracious gift of forgiveness, and it shows an open disrespect for the sacrifice Christ made to provide that forgiveness. That is because this occasion provides the opportunity to examine our lives. This allows Christ to expose any attitudes or actions that aren't pleasing to him. In this way, the Lord's Supper can be a special way of receiving God's grace and forgiveness, allowing us to celebrate Christ's sacrifice and participate at his table truly in an unworthy manner. I was that person. I was careless and irrelevant. I was in self-deception and disobedience. And I still defame the sacrifice of my Lord. I took it unworthily in me. There's eight ways that we can even partake unworthily. Envy and strife, if we have it in us. We take it just out of routine. Just being greedy. Drunkenness. Irreverent to God and his body. Disrespect to those of less fortunate need. Walking in unbelief. Without making... Being in a, a, in a life of sin without making the proper confession and acknowledgement of personal needs. And then without judging yourself. So then we would have to examine ourselves. So how we examine ourselves is, so I'm a word person, so I love dictionaries. Let a man examine himself. So in the lexicon, the Greek is a Greek present imperative. And it's really cool. So what happens is with this examine, the emphasis on the examine is to keep doing this ongoingly as a lifestyle. That's what that is. It's to keep doing it. The Greek imperative command, ongoing, it means an ongoing action. It's a process action that must happen again and again, over and over, multiple situations, and repeating itself progressively in the same scenario. This context shows its particular sense. Both ideas can apply simultaneously. So I can be doing this over and over and over again, not just at communion. So this must happen habitually and continuously. So in the power of the New Testament, it says that I must habitually examine myself. Mm -hmm. So nextly, we have... When we examine and test ourselves, we prove, we test our own state of mind. I was having a conversation with a teacher. She says, everything is, starts with our thoughts. So when I thought to, I began to think, then my sin is a thought first. 
So we've always take our focus to the action, but it's really the thought. So sin, it initially begins here in my mind. Mm -hmm. So when I examine myself, now I can say, what are my clear motives? Why am I taking the sacrament? Do I really know the weight of the blood and the body that was broken? Is my heart hard? Do I have a coldness towards the service of God? In my life, do I have a loss of favor of those who are spiritual? Can I not hang around the godly people? Well, Do I have a lack of spiritual comfort and peace? Can I just not have a, do I have a problem praying? Um, when I examine myself, I'm to examine myself with knowledge by the word of God. And if I can rightly understand what Christ is and the nature of the sacrament, then I'm prepared to eat the sacrament. What happens is many of us will start to judge and examine ourselves, and we stop and not take it. But that wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to examine, and we're still supposed to commune with our Father. There's three ways of properly not discerning the Lord's body. For anyone who drinks without, eats or drinks without discrimination, recognize they do appreciation, they eat and drink a sentence. This is my focal point for the cure. So there's a place where that we can block everything that God has coming to us when we don't discern his body. So the as first aspect is when I take communion, and I know that usually there's water baptism, there's foot washing, and there's the sacrament, the commitment of the communion. But when I, when I compartmentalize it, and I'm only doing the shed blood of his broken body and the cup, when I take it, it's unworthy. When I do that, it's a part of not allowing God's forgiveness to fully take its stance. When you are unworthy and partake what, what forgiveness by God represents the communion, you do not, and you don't repent to him, you are guilty of fraud. You have just cursed yourself with a curse and thus partaken in what you have made what Jesus did on the cross, no effect for you. It's not the sacrament that saves you. It's the obedience to his sacrifice. Part of this aspect is judging ourselves in regards to the sin and the spiritual root of the dis-ease because many of our sicknesses come from this, from spiritual connections. So me, I had a stroke. Strokes come from unforgiveness and bitterness. And boy, was I bitter. So when I get, when it's coming that way, I have a, something that happens, and I have a pain in the side of my neck. So I can get angry if I want to. But if that pain comes in the side of my neck, I'm, I quickly bounce down because bitterness is rising, and I know that because that's what I had when I had the stroke. So... I know, oh, okay, I, I got to pull myself back. I got to pull myself back real quick. So next, an aspect of this is has, this has this eating each other alive and not truly discerning the Lord's body. In fact, this creates what is called an autoimmune disease within the body. So, and if you don't know what an autoimmune disease is, it's a condition in which your immune system mistakenly attacks its own. And autoimmune um, disease, the immune system 
mistakes part of your body, like your joints or skin, as foreign. And it releases proteins called auto autoantibodies that attack the healthy cells. So that's how you have all these dissensions within the, within the body. Secondly, well, third, um, sorry, I lost my place. Okay, so when we partake the Lord's Supper and communion in remembrance of him, what we're saying to him is that because we're, what he did for us, we are ready. We are ready to do this for each other. So when we properly discern the body, we're discerning each other and we're loving each other because the word of God says, 1 John 3, 14, if you hate your brother, you can't love God. So a part of my communion daily, examining over and over and over again, is being able to lay my life down for my brother and discerning their diseases. Um, when we don't do that, we negate the fellowship with that communion presents, thereby placing us in position of a curse again. So we must focus on this relationship with the body of Christ and the relationship between each other at all ways, all times. The last reason why we are we don't discern the body properly is that we're missing the second element of communion. So my sister taught on the blood. So we're not properly discerning the body in its all of its aspects. So many, and because in Corinthians, in Corinthians, the people in Corinth were not doing that as well, so many of them were sick and dying as well. Mm. So in Isaiah, and minister, you don't have to go there because of time, I'm just going to say it. Um, in Old, Old Testament, it says, surely he has borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, the word that's translated, that translates griefs in verse 4, 13 times the same Hebrew word appears in Scripture and is translated sick or sickness. So a grief is a sickness. Seven times it's rendered as disease, and four times it's translated as grief. And one of those times as being a sorrow it's actually pronounced as lupe. The Hebrew word that translates sorrow means physical or emotional pain. With that in mind, let us look at the two verses with an amplified. So I'm going to read the amplified. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, carried our sorrows, pain of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being was for us upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Notice it said that the physical damage that happened to Jesus' body is a provision of our own healing and physically being made whole. So just like the shedding of the blood is provision for eradicating sin, in our lives, the body is the provision for us being made whole. That's good. Okay. Okay. So in our lives, we can have the right relationship with God when we, this is how we properly discern the sacraments, the blood, our sin, the body being made whole. 
and together it cures all disease. Mm, mm, okay, okay. It eradicates sickness and disease from our body so that we can have energy and stamina to be effective members in our kingdom. So here goes the cure that's being administrated. Communion is one of the many delivery systems that God has provided for us to bring healing into our physical bodies. Jesus never told us how frequently to take communion. In fact, he left that up to us. Nor is there a requirement that you be at church to partake of the sacrament. When doctors prescribe medicine for us to alleviate the symptoms in our body, they tell us to take it twice a day, three times a day, every four hours. We do it, right? Most of us, right? <laughs> when, they pres when we take prescribed medicine, the goal is there's a hope and an expectation that it will cure us if we're compliant and obedient, just as the sacrament. Well, just well. as when we take the name of Christ, it ensures us that the work of the cross will be done in our lives. So with communion, we have something that is ultimately ready and able to take away all of our sicknesses and disease, preventively ongoing when we examine ourselves over and over, as long as we properly discern the Lord's body. You can take this medicine as often as you need. Just do it when you do so. Do it as in remembrance as all that he did on the cross. Yeah.